Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa usalli wa usallimu ala ashrafil anbiya'i wal mursaleen. Nabiyyina wa habibina wa kurrati ayunina Muhammad ibn Abdillah. Alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi afdalu salati wa atamu taslim amma ba'd. So we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask him, the Almighty, to send his blessings and salutations upon the final messenger, our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family members, his companions, and all those who tread upon his path with utmost sincerity until the day of Qiyamah. So for some of the brothers and sisters who are tuning in, uh, Ramadan has already begun, and glad tidings be unto you all. And for some parts of the world, uh, like for example, even in my own country, we are starting Ramadan tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala. So, so for those of you who have uh, commenced Ramadan today, glad tidings be unto you all. And for those of you who hope to commence Ramadan tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, May uh, glad tidings be unto you all as well. And may we, we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to make the most out of the month of Ramadan. So inshallah ta'ala, today's reminder is, is obvious. It's going to be about uh, Ramadan. And I've listed a few powerful action items that will help us reward, uh, will help us reap colossal rewards, and along with that, help us also to make the most out of this Ramadan in lockdown. Because this Ramadan is unlike any other Ramadan. But having said that, when you think of it, and when you reflect on this fact, in a way, perhaps this Ramadan is going to be the best Ramadan ever. Subhanallah. You might be wondering, how so? You might be wondering, how so? Some of you might be thinking, well, subhanallah, there's no taraweeh, the masajid are closed, and uh, it's going to be uh, Ramadan at home. How is it going to be the best Ramadan ever? My dear brothers and sisters, despite the masajid being closed, and despite us not having the opportunity to go and attend uh, Salatul Taraweeh, Ramadan, this Ramadan, where we are all in lockdown, where we are all in our homes, this Ramadan, we're going to be able to embrace the true spirit of Ramadan, which is khalwa in the Arabic language, which is to be in seclusion, which is to involve ourselves in nawafil, in optional deeds. And it's going to be so much more easier. Why? Because we don't have the regular duties or the regular routine that we have in place uh, during normal days. We have so much of time available at our disposal, time that we can utilize to do many, many optional deeds, time that we can utilize to improve on our relationship with the Qur'an, with the words of our Maker. Because during normal Ramadans, you would have your usual routine. You would have to go out to work. You would have other obligations of, of visiting your family members. You would have the community iftars, if you will. You would have all of that you know, packed into your routine. 
You know, you would have people visiting, coming over to your place, which, which at the end of the day are all good things. But this Ramadan, this Ramadan, we're not going to be having any of that. So the time that we have at our disposal is for what? It is for optional deeds, nawafil. It is for the reading of the Quran. It is for spending time studying the Quran, introspecting and reflecting on the words of our maker subhanahu wa ta'ala. This time we are going to be able to spend it in, in qiyamul layl, in, in prayer, in prayer. In, in standing up in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this Ramadan, in seclusion, in khalwa, perhaps it's going to be the best Ramadan ever. Perhaps we're going to embrace the true spirit of Ramadan, the way the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam indulged and spent the month of Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. So maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us all an opportunity to embrace the true spirit of Ramadan. So inshallah, like I said, let us not lose hope. This Ramadan is going to be the best Ramadan ever. And we pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to utilize this Ramadan to the best of our capacities. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make this Ramadan a catalyst, you know, to bring about normalcy, to bring about ease. May Allah help us to secure his pleasure through this Ramadan. If we have angered him, if we have displeased him, let us use this month of Ramadan, my dear brothers and sisters, to secure his pleasure, to secure his forgiveness for our shortcomings, for our wrongdoings. And, and let us come out of Ramadan, inshallah, better individuals. So I'm going to quickly run through some powerful action items that we can perform during the month of Ramadan to make it a productive Ramadan, inshallah. So to start off, the month of Ramadan, it is known as Ramadan in the Arabic language, the term Ramadan, okay? Um, some scholars are of the opinion that it stems from uh, Ramadan in the Arabic language, which means, uh, you know, heat, basically. So we're talking about the desert sand, you know, during noon, the heat that, you know, uh, it, it basically puts out and the way the sand, the granules of sand become so hot that the little ones of the camels have to raise their feet due to the heat. So scholars go on to explain that Ramadan is this, this, this month is the kindling of our hearts where we set ablaze our hearts during this month in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We kindle our hearts with the love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with the love for the Quran, where we set ablaze our hearts with hunger and, and thirst. Our hearts are yearning for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's a month of heat, yes. What kind of heat? We are putting ourselves through this heat to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is one definition. And there are other scholars who state that Ramadan, the term Ramadan stems from Ramid in the Arabic language, which is translated as this wholesome and beneficial rain that falls just after autumn. So you have fall, you have autumn, where all the, all the trees shed their leaves and you would see dry leaves all over the place. And then this is this rain that comes about. And you know, at times, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you feel like, subhanAllah, the entire earth has been washed clean. 
So it's this beneficial and powerful positive shower, rain, that comes about and washes all the grime and dirt. So I'm sure I don't even have to uh, explain how that is connected to us. So the month of Ramadan is like this beneficial shower, this beneficial rain that washes away all of our sins. Allahu Akbar. It polishes our hearts. It washes away all our sins and we come out of the month of Ramadan purified. We come out of the month of Ramadan so wholesome after this beneficial shower, after this beneficial um, rain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all to use the month of Ramadan to the best of our capacities. So having discussed the definition of Ramadan, now let's quickly discuss action items. Number one, obviously, fasting. We're going to be fasting during the month of Ramadan, and that's pretty um, obvious, right? So we're going to be fasting the month of Ramadan, and no doubt there's a lot of virtue attached to fasting and to the fasting person. There are enough and more ahadith that talk about the virtue of the fasting person. For example, we have the hadith where the Prophet ﷺ, he tells us, and the narration goes along the lines of these words. Towards the end of the narration, he informs us that the smell that comes out from the mouth of a fasting person. Now, based on experience, you would all know that due to your cavity inside, due to the abdomen, due to the stomach being empty, you at times have this bad odor emitting from your mouth. The Prophet ﷺ informs us that this smell that comes out from the mouth of a fasting person is more beloved unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the smell of musk. Allahu Akbar. Look at how our maker subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a fasting person. A fasting person is so beloved unto Allah Azza wa Jal. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu he talks about the dua of a fasting person. The dua of a fasting person. That the dua of a fasting person is answered by Allah Azza wa Jal. So that's one of the action items that I'm obviously going to be touching on. That we're supposed to make as much dua as possible. Don't you have specific du'as to make right now, my dear brother, my dear sister? Don't we all want healing? Don't we all want ease? Don't we all want financial stability? Don't we all want normalcy? Don't we all want the world to go back to being normal? So why not raise your hands and reach out to the Lord of all worlds, Rabbil Alameen, the one who has all power, the one who has all might to change everything, just as how this happened in a matter of days, you know, this, this abnormal situation. You know, a few months ago, would we have imagined that we would be in this situation? But subhanallah, here we are. And likewise, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah has the power to turn things about. So turn to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So action item number one is fasting. And my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, Unless you come under a category where you have a valid reason to break the fast, do not leave fasting. It is an obligation set upon us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Buni al-Islam ala khams, as per the words of the Prophet fasting is one of the pillars of the deen. And it is mandatory, it is obligatory unless you come under one of the categories where you are allowed to break the fast. Like a sick person, a traveler, 
you're extremely old aged, then you come under one of the categories and there are guidelines in terms of how you're supposed to break your fast, what you need to do, do you have to make up the mist fast, do you have to give out a fidya, is there a kafara involved? If you're looking at more details in regards to all of this, please head over to my YouTube channel. I just put up a video, I think yesterday or day before, in, in regards to these concepts, in regards to um, breastfeeding mothers, in regards to pregnant women, what they're supposed to do during the month of Ramadan, in regards to sisters on their menstrual cycles, what they're supposed to do um, during the month of Ramadan in regards to sisters uh, who are in their postnatal bleeding period, what they're supposed to do during the month of Ramadan. If you're a traveler, what you're supposed to do during the month of Ramadan. If you are extremely old aged, what you're supposed to do during the month of Ramadan. I've discussed all of that in detail. We have rulings in regards to all of that. So you can head over to my YouTube channel and uh, just, just if you want to look for the channel, just uh, type uh, Islam with Sheikh Moiz Bukhari on YouTube. It's basically a new channel that I've started to keep, uh, you know, putting out all of this content, inshallah ta'ala. And in the meanwhile, go ahead and, uh, so I'm seeing a comment here saying that your YouTube channel is no more. Yes, so just, just search Islam with Sheikh Moiz Bukhari, Islam with Sheikh Moiz Bukhari, and, and go down to the channels and you'll find it. It's a new channel, and I'm putting up all of this content up there, and go ahead and subscribe so that and when you're subscribing there's a little bell next to the subscribe button press that as well so that you get a notification no sooner uh, the video is uploaded and inshallah I'm hoping to put out uh, videos on a regular basis trying to do it daily but if not daily it's going to be on a regular basis inshallah ta'ala all right so we spoke about fasting and and the importance of fasting the next action item my dear brothers and sisters as we are in lockdown as-salah prayer Let's all place a firm intention to pray on time. You see, we are in lockdown, okay? And we obviously can't go to the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all right? So given that we are in lockdown, let's intend to pray on time. Let's intend to pray on time. And if you're like a small family unit, if it is a husband and a wife, then perhaps you can even pray in, in uh, jama'ah at home, just the two of you or the parents and the children, they can pray together. But avoid, avoid big congregations. Now don't call your neighbors all over and, and try to have a uh, jama'ah. No, that is not supposed to be done in, in today's landscape. As you all know, there are guidelines in place. We're supposed to uh, socially distance ourselves. We're supposed to isolate ourselves to mitigate the spread, spread of the virus. So therefore, let us be responsible Muslims. Let us be responsible citizens and act accordingly. In the confines of your own home, if it's a husband and a wife, then yes, you can pray in jama'ah. If it is the mother, the father, and the children, they can pray in jama'ah. But let's try to keep the gatherings as small as possible and within the confines of our own homes. But regardless, try to pray on time. So Salatul Fajr, on time, obviously. You're going to wake up for suhoor. And there is so much of barakah in suhoor. There are a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi barakah. The Prophet Sallallahu is reported to have said that in the suhoor, the pre-dawn meal, there is barakah in it. There is barakah, there is blessing in it. So don't forego it. Some of us think, you know what, let me, let me have perhaps um, a little extra for dinner and let me sleep and just wake up for Fajr and pray Fajr. No, don't skip on the suhoor. The Prophet ﷺ, he would have at least even a little water and a few dates. Now, obviously, the Prophet was not an extravagant eater. 
He was not a lavish eater. The Prophet ﷺ was not an extravagant eater. Uh, as you can see in many uh, a narration, his suhoor was merely a few sips of water and a few dates. So even that would suffice, a cup of milk, a few dates, some water, maybe a sandwich, a little bit something, just nibble on something for suhoor because there is barakah in suhoor. Don't skip suhoor. Don't think, you know what, I'm just going to have a little bit of extra for dinner and skip suhoor because I can't wake up. I'm just going to sleep throughout and wake up, you know, for salatul fajr. No, my dear brothers and uh, sisters, ensure that you have your suhoor as per the sunnah. You're reviving a sunnah. Remember, if you're wondering, remember, you're reviving a sunnah, number one. So you're going to be rewarded for that. And there's barakah in suhoor. Barakah that, you know, you and I, maybe we can't see it, we can't understand, but through the words of the Prophet ﷺ, we believe in it. So there's going to be barakah. There's going to be healing in it for our bodies. There's going to be barakah through it in our lives. And if the Prophet is saying there is barakah, then let us not skip on it. And likewise, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, let us not go overboard, you know, having maybe like 20, 30 dishes for suhoor, and then because of that, the sisters would have to, subhanallah, slave and spend the entire day in the kitchen. So brothers, don't, don't demand uh, from, your, from the women folk, i.e. from your wives, from your siblings, and from your uh, mothers to, you know, lay out a banquet for suhoor and a banquet for iftar because firstly the purpose of ramadan is not that and like i said they would have to end up being in the kitchen the whole time and and not have enough time to embrace the true spirit of ramadan and and given that this ramadan we are in lockdown i mean we need to be we need to really embrace the spirit like i said uh, you know embrace simpler lives easier lives like the life of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam so salah. Now along with salah, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I have something to add. Let's all intend to, inshaAllah, pray the rawatib along with the fard prayers. As in the sunnah prayers along with the fard prayers. Let's intend to do that. Like I said, what other than time do we have at our disposal? We're all at home, all right? We have so much of time at our disposal. Let's make the rawatib, the sunnah prayers, part of our routine. Look at this hadith of the Prophet wasallam, where he is reported to have said, Allah will build a house in the heavens for whoever is diligent in observing 12 sunnah units, 12 sunnah raka'at as follows. Allah will build a house for you in Jannah. So if you're wondering, oh, I'm locked up at home, you know, I can't go to the masjid, I can't pray taraweeh, this Ramadan is, you know, I feel so, it's, it's buzzkill. Look, look at, the, look at the ahadith, look at these action items. By being at home, you can accrue so many rewards. As believers, we need to adapt, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Don't go into this rut where you feel so down in the dumps and you're depressed and you're doom and gloom. No, as believers, we need to be optimistic. We need to see definitely, and, and I've touched on this, maybe the reminder before this or the one before that. Yes, we, we need to derive lessons from what's happening. It's a wake up call. It's a reminder. It's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us to mend our ways. We need to turn to him. We need to seek his forgiveness. But along with that, it's not always doom and gloom. As a believer, as believers, we are taught through our deen, through the Quran and the Sunnah, to be optimistic. 
to have faith in Allah, to place our trust in Allah. So let us be positive individuals, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, and adapt and perform these deeds, accruing rewards and securing the pleasure of Allah. Now coming back to the hadith, the Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said that Allah will build a house in the heavens for whoever is diligent in observing 12 sunnah rak'at, 12 units of prayer. Allah, the maker, he is going to build a house for you. Subhanallah. Allah building a house for you. Think about it. Today, you know, if, if some world-renowned architect, some, some great interior designer comes and tells you, you know what, I'm going to build a house for you. I'm going to build a house for you. Aren't you going to be over the moon and you're going to be so happy, oh, celebrity designer, celebrity architect, so-and-so is building my house. And let's say you were able to secure such an architect or a designer later on. Each time somebody comes to your house, you'll be like, you know what, my house was built by so-and-so. My house was built by so-and-so. He, he's, he's an international brand. She's an international brand. She, she designed my house. Uh, he was the architect. Would we not go on to, you know, highlight this? But look, as per this hadith, Allah is going to build your house, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Um, excuse me, there seems to be a drop on the stream. I just have to start it again. SubhanAllah, I don't know what just happened. All right. So, yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to build the house for you, my dear brother, my dear sister. If you pray 12 units of prayer. Now, what are these 12 units? What are these 12 units of prayer? Four rak'at. Okay, so we'll start off with Salatul Fajr. So you have two before Salatul Fajr. Two before Salatul Fajr. You have four before Salatul Dhuhr. Two after Salatul Dhuhr, okay? And two after Maghrib and two after Isha. Is that clear? Let me repeat. Two, two before Salatul Fajr. Very important. Two before Salatul Fajr. You know, so before Salatul Fajr, you ensure that you pray two rak'at. So you had, you've had your suhoor, okay? And then the time for Salatul Fajr comes about, the adhan is called out. Now, without just stumbling and praying two rak'at and plop, falling onto the bed, okay? Pray two units of prayer. Two sunnah rak'at, as per the sunnah of the Prophet And then pray your Salatul Fajr. Then the next prayer in line is Salatul Dhuhr. When the time for Salatul Dhuhr comes about, prepare yourself and then pray four rak'at, four units of prayer before Salatul Dhuhr. And then pray your Salatul Dhuhr. And then two units of prayer after Salatul Dhuhr. Okay? And then we have Salatul Asr. There are sunnah prayers in regards to Salatul Asr, but it's not connected to this hadith. I'll explain in a bit. The next that you have is Maghrib. So now what will you do? The adhan will be called out. You will break your fast. You will pray Salatul Maghrib. And after Maghrib, two rak'at. Two rak'at after Maghrib. And the my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, after Salatul Isha, another two rak'at, you have completed the 12 rak'at practiced by the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Allah Azza wa Jal will build a house for you in Jannah. Allah. And each and every time this is done, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, houses are being built for you. Now, some of us, and I've had this, you know, query posed. Uh, I think it was a child one time who asked me, but Sheikh, what are we going to do with so many houses? What are we going to do with so many houses? Well, I, I explained to the little child in a way that the child could understand. 
Um, but I'm asking you, my dear brothers and sisters, if you had five houses with you right now in different parts of the world, would it be enough? Would you, would you be like, you know what, I have five houses, and, and if someone's offering you another five, another five in five other different parts of the world, would you be like, no, 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 I already have five houses, so I don't want the other five houses? Would you say no, or would you grab those five houses? Let's say you have a hundred residences, would that still be enough? No, because as human beings, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we have been created as such. We have been created as such. And our maker, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he knows how we are, because he's the one who engineered us, right? He's the one who created us. So therefore, let not shaitan come into your minds and hearts and plant these doubts. You know, and obviously during the month of Ramadan, you don't have to be worried about shaitan because he's locked up and he's shackled. So if you're having these thoughts, then it's your nafs to be blamed. And it's a good time for you to actually check on how much you are being influenced by shaitan and how much you're being influenced by your own nafs. And the nafs, the nafs, your nafs is an enemy within. So you have this precious, this valuable jewel inside you that you are protecting. Shaitan is the thief from outside the house. Your nafs, your nafs is the, is the thief from within. So now you tell me, who is more dangerous? The thief who is outside or the thief from within? Somebody you don't know. It could be a relative, it could be a friend, okay, who's, who's camouflaged and looking to steal the jewel. Is it easier to deal with the thief who is outside or a thief who is inside? No doubt it's difficult to deal with the thief who is inside. So that thief who is inside is the nafs, subhanAllah. Look, uh, and there's a brother who has posted, I think it's brother Imran, Valley of Gold. Yes, as, as per the, the, the narrations, we see that if, if the son of Adam has one valley of gold, or one river of gold, he's going to want another one, subhanAllah. This is, this, is, this is how we have been engineered. This is how we have been created. So therefore, let us... Accumulate as many houses in Jannah as possible. Because my dear brothers and sisters, remember, the only size of, of nadam, of regret in Al-Akhirah, in Al-Akhirah will be, oh, I should have said one more, subhanallah. I should have said one more, alhamdulillah. I should have said one more, Allahu Akbar. I should have prayed the 12 units for one more day because if I had said one more, subhanallah, I'd have one more tree in my orchards. If I had said one more, alhamdulillah, I'd have one more tree in my orchards. If I had said one more, Allahu Akbar, I'd have one more tree in my orchards. If I had prayed the 12 units of prayer for one more day, I'd have another house in Jannah. Because once we go to Jannah, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, there is no way for us to do what? For us to accumulate. Because that's it. This is where you need to plant the seeds. You go there and harvest. So therefore, let us accumulate as many houses as possible. Now, as for Salatul Asr, before I, that slips my mind, you have to understand that it is highly recommended. It is preferable and recommended that one prays four rakaat before the Asr prayer. Because you might have noticed in the earlier 12 units, I didn't mention Salatul Asr. Because after Asr, there's no prayer. There's no prayer after Asr. There's no Sunnah prayer after Salatul Asr. So before Salatul Asr, it is recommended to pray four rakaat. And these four units are of... Now why we didn't mention it with those 12 units is because these four units are of a lesser reward and significance in importance of adhering to them compared to the Sunnah to the sunnah of al-rawatib the sunnah of al-rawatib which were described before 
I hope that's clear. The Sunan al-Rawatib are 12 units and the four before Salat al-Asr are not included uh, with the Sunan al-Rawatib. But along with the Sunan al-Rawatib, you have additionally four units uh, before Salat al-Asr. And we have a hadith in regards to this where the Prophet wasallam is reported to have said, May Allah have mercy upon the one who prays four units of prayer before the Asr prayer. I hope it's clear. And also please note, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, when we say four units, it needs to be prayed two at a time. And this is as per the opinion of Imam Shafi'i and Imam Ahmed, uh, rahimahumallah. And we humbly sympathize uh, with these two um, great Imams. Allah knows best. So in terms of four units prayer, you need to pray it as two, two units. Where you pray two, two units and then you'll offer your salam and then you'll pray another two units of prayer. So I hope it's clear in, rega- in regards to Sunan al-Rawatib and in regards to the four units before Salat al-Asr. So my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, during the month of Ramadan, let us do it. Let us pray our fard prayers on time. Okay? And along with that, let us firmly intend to perform these 12 units. Because like I said, we're at home. No, no, no big obligations. You know, your routine is pretty simple. If, if you're working, you're working from home. And you have the flexibility to take some time. Alright? So therefore, like I said, perhaps we might not get a Ramadan again like this. It's a different Ramadan. It's a different Ramadan. Let us make the most out of it. By doing as many good deeds as possible. Let us come out of this Ramadan, let us come out of this pandemic, my dear brothers and sisters of Islam, as better individuals, not bitter individuals. Let us come out as better individuals. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all to do that. Okay, so coming back to the action items now. I mentioned salah. Number two. We started off with fasting, then salah. Now we have the Quran. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, the month of Ramadan. شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن شهر رمضان الذي أنزل فيه القرآن It was during the month of Ramadan that the Quran was revealed إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر وما أدراك ما ليلة القدر ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر إنا أنزلناه في ليلة القدر The Quran was revealed during the night of power ليلة القدر خير من ألف شهر The night of power it is better than a thousand months So the month of Ramadan is a month of the Quran My dear brothers and sisters in Islam so therefore, let us intend to at least read one juz per day. If you can complete a Quran within three days, alhamdulillah. If not three days, then let us read at least one juz per day. One juz per day. One juz. Then within 10 days, you're completing one Quran. Within 30 days, you complete three recitations of the Quran. So along with the recitation, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, so we work on the recitation. It's important that you work. See, this month of Ramadan, you can easily fine-tune your tajweed. You can fine-tune. You see, a lot of us, subhanAllah, today's trends, you know, on, on these different platforms. Sometimes you, pe- you see people doing very inappropriate things on these platforms. May Allah protect us. May Allah save us. 
You have to understand, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I've mentioned this in the past, as per the words of the Prophet when indecency, when immorality spreads, diseases unknown to us will also spread. As per the words of the Prophet So don't you see indecency and immorality now on all these platforms, subhanAllah. You see, we utilize these platforms to send out a message of goodness. But it's scary to see the direction these platforms are heading. You very well know what, what trends and what becomes viral. Messages of goodness, good content is not shared. Is not shared. But all these obscene, vulgar, and inappropriate things, things that are not productive, are shared widely. Shared widely. Things that are not productive, things that are obscene, things that are vulgar, things that are inappropriate are shared widely. People don't even think twice before sharing. And, and they think it to be cool to share it. Your messenger is saying, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, and immorality becomes the order of the day as per, you know, along the lines of these words, then diseases unknown will start spreading. And you have to think, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this, Allah will, that this virus is to spread the way it's spreading. But you have to remember that if Allah wants to, he can make it spread in even more drastic ways. May Allah protect us. What if it were to spread through insects? What if like dengue, if it were to spread through mosquitoes, would we be able to protect ourselves, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam? We are arming ourselves with hand sanitizers and masks. You must do it. You must do it. And I'm doing it myself too. But do you think we have got the situation under control? Do you think we have got the situation under control? So don't you think that you have to mend your ways? and pray to Allah that He brings the situation under control. So it's very important that we do that, do that, my dear brothers and sisters. So therefore, these platforms, as I was saying, let's use these platforms to learn productive and good things. Let's use these platforms to share good content. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, as believers, as Muslims, we need to be, we need to be careful. We need to be vigilant. We need to be diligent because we have the Quran and the Sunnah guiding us. We can't give in to all the immorality, the indecency, the vulgarness, and these abominations that are out there. Subhanallah, we can't. We need to be careful. So therefore, let us train ourselves to be careful. Let us train ourselves to be pure, to be clean as much as possible. And let us use these platforms, like I said, now we're talking about the reading of the Quran. You can use these platforms to listen to the recitations of the Qur'an. To listen to the recitations of the Qur'an. And we are also in the process of uploading recitations onto uh, the YouTube channel. So like I mentioned earlier, go ahead to the YouTube channel and subscribe. You will have recitations, you'll have questions being answered, and these talks also will eventually be uploaded onto the channel, inshaAllah ta'ala. So fine-tune your tajweed. Allah says in the Qur'an. Read the Qur'an in, in measured tones and tunes, subhanAllah. Read it beautifully. At times we hum and we sing and we, we pick these catchy tunes very quickly, but we find it difficult to, you know, embrace the Qur'an, the recitation of the Qur'an. But we are able to sing like so-and-so. We are able to hum like so-and-so. The, the, the songs that are trending are all in our heads, subhanAllah. But then Suratul Kahf, a surah that we're supposed to read every Friday, we're lost in it. 
In terms of salah, it is always Kul huwallahu ahad, kul a'udhu bi rabbil falaq, and kul a'udhu bi rabbil nas. And for some, inna a'atayna kal kawthar, subhanallah. Should we not try to memorize longer chapters? Should we not try to read longer chapters in salah? We're going to be talking about qiyamul layl in a bit. All right? So we should. We should strive, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Let us strive to start off by memorizing selected surahs. Like Surah Al-Kahf, Surah Yaseen, Surah Al-Rahman, Surah Al-Dukhan, Surah Al-Mulk, Surah Al-Waqi'ah. These chapters that we read regularly, let us start off by memorizing these surahs. And let's do so with the intention that, Ya Allah, help me to become from the guardians of the Qur'an, from the Huffah. And with that intention, if you start memorizing and if you die in the process, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, we pray unto Allah and we hope that He will raise us amidst the guardians of the Qur'an, amidst the Huffah. Ameen. So, Qur'atul Qur'an. Reading of the Qur'an. And along with the reading of the Qur'an, let us spend time studying the Qur'an. Allah says in the Qur'an, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ أَمْ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبٍ قُفَالُهَا أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Allah did not say, أَفَلَا يَسْمَعُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Do they not listen to the Qur'an? أَفَلَا يَقْرَؤُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Do they not read the Qur'an? Nay. Our maker, he says, أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Do they not make tadabbur? Do they not make tadabbur? Do they not reflect over the Qur'an? أَفَلَا يَتَدَبَّرُونَ الْقُرْآنَ Making tadabbur, to reflect, to study the tafsir of the Qur'an, to deduce and glean lessons from the Qur'an. So let us strive to do that. The next action item on the list, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, your zakah and your sadaqah. Your zakah and your sadaqah. The rewards are unimaginable. And we are at a time when people are in so much of need, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. You see, lockdowns all over the world, nationwide lockdowns. But how many of us have the power, okay, the economic Power, the financial stability to go on for weeks, to go on for months without a source of income. Not everyone is able to do that, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. And even from amongst us, a lot of us may be finding it difficult. So those of us who have been blessed by Allah with wealth, let us be generous during these times. Let us give out our zakah to help people. I know. You are in lockdown and maybe you aren't able to go out. Reach out to charities in your countries, in your, in your localities. Do your research, do your homework in terms of these charities and only reach out to ones that you trust at the end of the day. Reach out to them and work with them where perhaps you can transfer the funds from wherever you are to them and they will give it to deserving and eligible recipients on your behalf thereby fulfilling the obligations that you have in terms of charity and in terms of helping those people. If you have family members, because charity starts and begins at home, if you have family members, relatives who are finding it difficult, your employees who are finding it difficult to make ends meet, help them, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, with your sadaqah, help them. Give out. The Prophet was an extremely generous individual. He would get and give. Get and give. That was the Prophet ﷺ. And during the month of Ramadan, as per the Sahaba, he was even more generous. 
So one, because of the pandemic, we need to give out more. And number two, because we're in the month of Ramadan. So we need to give out, give, give, give. Because no one has become poor by giving. And by giving, you get back in return. Many more times in return. And who is going to give you? You are giving to the people. Who is going to give you? Allah. So let's say you give out a thousand dollars. Allah will bring that back to you in ways unimaginable. Multiplied as good deeds, as financial sustenance, as financial stability. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, think about all these rich people. They're pledging this much, that much, and half of their fortune in, in, in charity. And interestingly, you won't believe there's actually research and, and, and uh, articles in this, regard, in this regard. You have people pledging either their entire fortune or half of their fortunes, okay, their existing fortunes in charity. And yet they top the lists. How is it? Either they're not giving it out or there's a secret behind it. The more you give, the more you get in return. And they have understood it, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. They have understood it. And that's why they're giving left, right and center. Left, right and center. But we Muslims, we believers have not understood it. We don't believe in the promise of Allah. Is that what it has come to? Allah is promising you that he will give you. The messenger is promising you that your wealth will be purified when you give out your zakah. Your sadaqah will help, you know, avert calamities and bring blessings into your life. So why? Why withhold? Why be stingy? Especially at a time like this when people are in so much of need. Give, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Give according to your capacity. And if you are in the billions, then give accordingly. If you are in the millions, give accordingly. If you are in the hundreds and thousands, give accordingly. Depending on your capacity, give. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, our deen teaches us to give, especially during the month of Ramadan. And that too will contribute towards this catalyst of bringing about ease, normalcy, relief, and healing. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, now we come to Laylatul Qadr and Qiyamul Layl. You see, during normal months of Ramadan, we have the concept of I'tikaf, we have the concept of Salatul Taraweeh, we have the concept of Qiyamul Layl, but this Ramadan is different. This Ramadan is different. So you're not going to be able to stay I'tikaf in the Masajid. Why? Because the Masajid are all closed. You're not going to be able to go for Salat al-Taraweeh. Why? Because the Masajid are closed. But like I said at the beginning, this Ramadan is different. Despite not being able to go to the Masajid, make your homes into little, little Masajid for yourself. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy will descend upon you. So my dear brothers and sisters of Islam, like how the Prophet used to do, because you see, during the time of the Prophet, we didn't have... Like I said at the beginning, these big community iftars and iftars and, and, and salatul taraweeh in the masajid, in jama'ah. No. During the time of the Prophet, they would come back home and they would spend the night in prayer. Spend the night in prayer. And the Prophet, when talking about the night prayer of the Prophet, my dear brothers and sisters, he wouldn't, he wouldn't pray just one hour, you know. And then sometimes, interestingly, you see these videos floating around, you know, they, they call it Ferrari Imam and this and that, you know, reading at a rapid pace. No, 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 no. That's not how the Prophet prayed, my dear brothers and sisters. You know the narrations, and I've mentioned this before for those of you who have tuned in in the past. We have, for example, Hudayfa radiallahu anhu praying behind the Prophet, and he says, the Prophet starts off by reading Surah Al-Baqarah. 
Alif Lam Mim Thalika Al-Kitabu La Rayba Fih Hudan Lil-Muttaqin Al-Lazina Yuminuna Bil-Ghaybi Wa Yuqimuna Salata Wa Mim مَا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ Don't worry, I'm not going to be reading the entire Surah Al-Baqarah. But then think, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the messenger reading Surah Al-Baqarah, not just some qari, some imam, some sheikh, no. The Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam, just imagine how beautiful it must have been. And he springs Surah Al-Baqarah. Uh, he's praying Qiyamul Layl and reads Surah Al-Baqarah. And then this young companion thinks, okay, perhaps the Prophet is going to go into Ruku after a hundred ayat. Subhanallah, the Prophet goes on to finish Surah Al-Baqarah. And then the Prophet goes on to read Surah Al-Nisa, Surah Al-Imran. We're talking about more than three, four Jews. Qiyamul Layl. And this was the Qiyamul Layl of the Prophet. Our mother Aisha radiallahu anha, she says the Prophet would pray until his feet would swell up. And she would ask him, Ya Rasulullah, you're praying until your feet is swelling. And he وسلم, would go on to say, should I not be a thankful slave unto Allah? Look, if the messenger is praying so, then think about you and I, how much we need to pray. We, we who sin perpetually and constantly, we who have angered Allah, should we not secure his pleasure by turning to him? And then during the last 10 nights, my dear brothers and sisters, you have Laylatul Qadr. And, and it's from the mysteries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He has hidden the night. Because it's such a powerful night. It's a mysterious night that is hidden. And we have been asked to search it. We have been asked to search it. Search it in the last 10 nights. So during the last 10 nights, let us work hard to secure that night. Because if we secure that night, and you know what? Every night of the last 10 nights, if you have a specific dua, and my advice is in terms of asking for healing, asking for ease and relief, ask that dua every single night. So that inevitably you're going to coincide with the night of power, Laylatul Qadr. A night during which angels are going to come down. A night in which tranquility, serenity is going to reign. A powerful night. A powerful night, a night like none other, a night that is better than a thousand months and worship during that night is better than a thousand months. We're talking about 80 odd years of worship. You and I can't even guarantee and assure that we live 80 years on this planet. But here by securing the night of power. And again, unlike other months of Ramadan, this time, like I said earlier, you're not going to have these routines that are going to tire you out. You're not going to be, I generally, you know, during other months of Ramadan, I um, hear brothers from the corporate sector saying, you know, subhanAllah, we, we go to work and we come back and we're really tired and Qiyamul Layl is tiring on us, but Shaykh, we want to really do it. This time, if, if, you know, if things go back to being normal, alhamdulillah. But if we're going to be in lockdown throughout, then you're going to have energy because you're going to be at home. So you can spend the night in prayer, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. But you know what? Don't let your nufus get in the way. And tell you, you know what? Let's binge watch. Let's waste time. 
let's waste time binge watching you know movies and 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 this and that binge watch if you want but binge watch productive content productive content not content that's just so unproductive and full of obscenity vulgarities and and and, and indecency subhanallah the month of ramadan you see one is fasting where we stay away from food and drink yeah we're supposed to stay away from food and drink we're supposed to stay away from uh, sexual desires indulging in sexual desires as in spouses cannot indulge in sexual desires uh, during the daylight hours of ramadan yes but along with that my dear brothers and sisters our limbs you know our limbs need to fast your eyes need to fast your mouth needs to fast your ears need to fast your faculties need to fast how you might ask fast from staying away from things that displease allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your eyes need to fast and avoid seeing things that displease allah your tongue needs to fast by staying away from articulating and speaking things that displease allah subhanahu wa ta'ala your fingers I'm wondering, oh my God, my fingers, what do my fingers do? Don't you use your fingers? Tick, 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 tapping. Your thumbs, your fingers, you know, commenting and, and, and breaking people's hearts at times. Your fingers need to fast. You know, a lot of us, we have this uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. So we're trying to, you know, be all over the place on social media. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, you don't have to. You don't have to. The month of Ramadan, seclusion, you and your maker. You and your maker. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Improve your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Use this month, spiritual boot camp, to improve on your spirituality, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, those of you who have commenced Ramadan, glad tidings be unto you all. And for brothers and sisters who are commencing Ramadan tomorrow, like my part of the world, I wish you all, and may glad tidings be unto you all as well. And I conclude by asking, by praying unto Allah that, Ya Allah, help us to make the most out of this month of Ramadan. Ya Allah, help us to attain the night of power. Ya Allah, help us to achieve your pleasure, your forgiveness, and forgive us of our shortcomings, forgive us of our wrongdoings. Help us to improve our relationship with the Quran. Ya Allah, make us from the people of the Quran who are the elite the special ones unto you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, help us to revive the beautiful sunnah of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make our hearts soft, Ya Allah. That whenever the recitation of the Quran takes place, when we read, when we read the Quran or listen to the Quran, let, let shudders run down, run down our spines. Let, let goosebumps run across our, our skin. Let us become closer unto you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, bring about normalcy, bring about healing, ease the affairs of humanity at large, ease the affairs of mankind at large, ease our affairs, bring about healing, bring about normalcy. Those of us who are suffering, uh, the victims of this pandemic, fill their hearts with patience, fill the hearts of their loved ones with patience. And, and grant them healing, grant them ease. The ones who have been taken away through this pandemic, Grant them lofty ranks in paradise. And Ya Allah, just as how you united each and every one of us from different parts of the world across these platforms, we thank you for these platforms. We thank you for helping us 
to use these platforms in a positive and good way, in a beneficial way. We thank you for helping us to stay away from sin on these platforms. And we pray that you unite us in the beautiful gardens of Jannah. And my dear brothers and sisters in Islam, as I conclude, one last thing. During the month of Ramadan, maintain a journal where you write. Because, you know, you, it's easy to get swept away by the negativity. It's easy to get swept away by the negativity and by, by the gloom and the doom. So therefore, just write down the positive things that you have around you, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. There's so much to be thankful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, the fact that Allah is still providing for us. The fact that, you know, we shouldn't take things for granted. I, I spoke about this last week or the week before that. You know, we need to come out of this pandemic really, really appreciative of the little things in our lives. We've taken so many things for granted. So let us introspect. Let's use this month of Ramadan in isolation for introspection. To introspect, to go, to go deep down inside and mend our ways. To reflect, to think, Ya Allah, there's so much we've taken for granted. You know, we've taken so many people for granted. Our, our parents at times, our spouses, our siblings. You know, some of us, we are annoyed, we take out our phones, and if your mother is calling you, it says, mom is calling, and you get annoyed. You get annoyed. You're like, oh, why is she calling me at this time? My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, this month of Ramadan, improve on serving your parents. Let me ask you a question. One day, you will yearn to see that call. Mom is calling, dad is calling but they won't be around to call you, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. And then you will yearn for the call. Oh, I wish my mom would call me now. And when I say they're not going to be around, they would have passed away. And then she's not going to call you, and then you will yearn for her call. So think about that the next time your mother calls you. Think about that if you have not spoken to your mother for God knows how long. Don't wait, oh, you know what, let the pandemic finish, let, let the lockdowns be lifted, and then I'll go meet her. What if you are not going to be alive by then? What if she is not going to be alive by then? Take your phone right after this reminder, perhaps after you prayed your salat al-dhuhr, and if, you, if, if things have gone sour with your mothers, if, with your fathers, put things right. With your siblings, put things right. Mend relationships, my dear brothers and sisters in Islam. Don't, don't, don't let things fester. Don't let these, these negative things fester. Foster your relationships. Call them. Keep in touch with your, 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 your relatives, your family members. This is what our deen teaches us. So let us not take these things for granted. Let us you know, render as much shukr as possible and secure the help of Allah, the pleasure of Allah. With that I conclude, this Friday's reminder has been a little bit longer than usual. But the month of Ramadan has dawned upon us. And inshallah, we hope to have more sessions of this nature. And I, like I said, I'll be putting up these videos and more videos on YouTube. So as I conclude, please go to YouTube, search for Islam with Sheikh Moiz Bukhari, okay? And hit the subscribe button. It's a new channel, so you know, it might not pop up. So if you can, you have this filter button at the top. Filter it and go to channel. It filters all the channels, and the channel should pop up. 
and um, you'll find uh, Quran recitations, questions being answered, and, and videos of this nature being uploaded onto the channel as well, inshallah ta'ala. So I look forward to talking to you all on another live session, inshallah ta'ala. So until then, please stay safe, look after yourselves, don't forget to wash your hands, adhere to the social distancing guidelines and all the other guidelines put forth by your health ministries and your governments. Stay safe. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.